0: strapped in the trenches, making moves going all out, everyday handle business, you know that the hustle don't stop, got my team, let's get it, reviewing books and talk stocks, steady keep it moving, so you gon' wanna tune in, get low down. it's an app, get local food on demand, delivery right to your home, everything in the palm of your hand, took hard work and dedication, come through, join the conversation, this is history up in the making, we just wanna be an inspiration, Hey, let's go.
1: Welcome to another episode here of Bootstrapped in the Trenches. This one is going to revolve around resilience and keeping things in perspective. Uh, We read this week American Dirt" by Janine Cummins, which we'll dive into later. For starters, like always, let's dive into last night's food comas and what we're eating tonight. Dan, I know what you ate last night because I was with you. You want to start off?
2: Sure. So we had our send off dinner last night for our listeners. I am currently en route to Charleston, South Carolina, where I'm doing this podcast from Kansas City, Missouri. And it felt good getting onto the better side of Kansas. Like I'm out of Kansas. I hate driving through Kansas, dude. There were like cops, helicopter cops. I felt like everyone was just after me trying to bring me down. Oh, but <laughs> yeah, so last night we had our send-off dinner and this our mom made salmon and like quinoa and bread and salad it was delicious I loved it and then for dessert she made chocolate chip banana bread which she gave me some more of today and I had it like three hours ago mid-drive fantastic snack great dessert and yeah I was very happy with last night's dinner it was a great send-off meal
0: yeah, that, that sounds delicious. That, that's like a meal I could eat every single day if someone were to cook it for me.
1: You know, I yeah. ended up not even eating the salmon, Corey. My mom had made chicken parm the night before. I'm not a salmon guy unless it's sushi or lox. I don't like fish salmon that's cooked like, for some reason. I, I, like I think I had, a, yeah, I had a bad scale experience with choking on a scale when I was in Croatia. And even though um. I never liked salmon way before that, that just reemphasized why I don't eat it? I don't like eating something where there's a what-off chance of choking.
0: What's interesting is that salmon usually has like no bones. I know that would I'm be the like guy the... that gets caught with the bone. <laughs> it's pretty funny, right? Classic Mikey rolls.
1: I know.
2: And then for tonight, I I just checked into this hotel. And I actually checked into, like, a pretty nice hotel here because I figured I wanted to wake up, feel refreshed. But I think I'm going to find, like, some ribs and do some takeout. Damn really straight. You better be. Yeah, 100%. I'm going to do takeout, though, because I'm with young man. He's been a trooper, but I know he'll kind of get a little freakish if I leave him in the hotel room. So, I'm, yeah, I'm going to do, like – one of those Mikey Roland workouts where I do like a ton of push-ups and sit-ups and crunch and stuff like that in the hotel room. Get some burpees in. Get some what? Burpees. What are those? You know, the
1: it's whole like, running in place, push up stand-up, go back down, crunch. For sure. Yeah.
0: Burns a lot of calories. Wait, so Dan, give us a breakdown of your next 24 hours
2: of like okay. what your plan is. Okay. I well, so I actually have not decided on my second stop destination, but I have committed to not driving at night at all. so I'm looking at like eight hours a day. So no, I think tomorrow, after eight hours, and I'm not a geographer, so I, I have no idea actually, but I would imagine I might find myself in Nashville.
0: I have family in Nashville. I, my mom just went there. she said it's like the I don't have you guys ever been? Never, Never bad. She said it's unbelievable, especially if you like lo- like love music. There's just like live music. It's like a kind of like New Orleans, but less rowdy.
2: That's wow. what I hear. My parents are actually going there next weekend to meet their friends. But um. so, yeah, I think I'll go to Nashville. And then I think I'm actually going to, this is going to be like a three and a half to four day journey. Cause if I'm only driving eight hours a day, when you calculate in the random gas stops and the like miles like puked like sec- six hours into our drive, oh, just man. Like, oh, yeah, which I knew was going to happen at some point. And he just like randomly woke up and puked on the passenger seat so i stopped at a rest stop like let him kind of hang out for a while which he was pumped about so you know it's uh i think then I'll, I'll probably even stop in uh asheville which is only a couple hours from charleston as my very last destination before like doing the final stretch the next morning you can and, visit uh, alex elbin and gershon gershon lives in asheville north carolina i think he yeah i'm pretty sure oh well there That's we go crazy. You know who else lives there? Who uh, I've been messaging on Instagram. Mike Dish, our old neighbor. Shout out to oh, Mike Dish. You got to go hang with him. Dude, I, I know,
1: right? Bong rip with Mike Dish. I mean, come on.
2: <laughs> Bring back the garage days. That kid used to store his bongs in our garage when we were away at college. Yeah, Jeff used to always blame
1: him for everything involving paraphernalia that was says it was pretty funny.
0: Genius on Jeff's part. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, and Corey, how
0: about you? Uh, last night, what did I have? Um, I started off the day with like a, just a classic brunch. Just did steak and egg whites, which is pretty, pretty standard. Um, and then oh, I had Italian last night. had some bolognese. I had these um, – these uh, what was it? Oh, I had scallops with caviar in this lemon dill sauce. That was awesome. Whoa. Sounds incredible. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that was it. And then tonight, uh, um, wait, no,
1: Froyo,
0: yeah, I, I just that put me right to sleep. Possibly, wow,
1: you might have to um, go for yeah. the kill tonight,
0: yeah. You know, when like you want dessert and then you end up like just passing out and you wake up and then the delivery was already out, like yeah. it was in impo- it was already closed. Yeah, it sucked, but I just fell back asleep and better off.
1: One of those cat naps where you're like, "Oh shit, I just missed the cutoff," and then you realize in the next morning, it's like, "Ah, oh, that was a good thing."
0: Yeah, it was a food coma nap, and then woke up. I was like, couldn't go back to sleep, and then I was like, "All right, whatever."
1: And what's on the agenda for tonight?
0: Tonight I'm uh, going out for uh, my buddy Moe's birthday in uh, some uh, restaurant called Sojourn. I'm not sure what it is. It's a uh, it says new American style food, so. Yeah, you know, mm. whatever that usually means. It's all the same bullshit usually. That's I, usually I the case American.
1: I, I do too. Yeah, I I'm not a fan like, of it.
0: Like high-end American? Like what is that? Some bullshit. It's, it's bullshit. It's nothing. Yeah.
1: I've never really liked American food in general. I mean, obviously, American breakfast is great. I love pancakes, waffles, French toast, all that. Eggs Benedict. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, and of course, there's always time and place for a burger and fries I, I wouldn't think of pizza though as American food, you know. Even though no. I love pizza,
0: it's just like this whole new American thing. It's like, all right, we get it. It's like it's gonna be a burger. It's cost like eighteen dollars or twenty four dollars. Like you know, that same old. And you eating Yeah, might have, might have a fried egg on top. Exactly. Yeah,
1: and yeah, I'm not. I don't even know what I'm gonna do for dinner tonight. This is my last night in Denver. I'm off to Big Apple tomorrow. Boom, baby.
0: I'm like I have a recommendation. What's that? So since you have no furniture, I think you should do one of those Indian style meals where you just sit on the ground.
1: Wow, Japanese just- <laughs> style. Corey, yeah. I like your heads up. So should I get Japanese food then? Is that what we're talking about here?
0: Any meal where you can just sit on the ground and just have everything in front of you.
1: Well, well luckily yeah. the couple downstairs, I, I was able to wait till the day I'm leaving because they're taking all my stuff out themselves. Like they're keeping it for and putting it in storage here. So. I'm basically allowed to use my bed tonight, even though I already broke my lease today. She basically gave me a
2: free day, which is, that was nice of them. That was. Mike, you definitely got to do what Corey said and film the whole thing and like sit there Indian style. I will. I'm going to. to,
1: This is the first time we're recording me personally on my camera. So, Chris Miller, thanks for showing Dan and I some things. And now we're able to start videotaping ourselves.
0: Do a mukbang. Uh, where you're just filming yourself eat or eating and just talking. And then we'll upload it to YouTube, but it'll just be you that. eating a bunch. Of, yeah, I mean, that's like all the rage right now on uh, on YouTube. I mean, Corey, I
1: figure I, I see these people making a ton of money just eating dumplings and grinning in camera. I think I should just be like takeout Mike, where I start documenting every meal and I'm on the go just constantly. It's like I'm walking up and working off an appetite in New York. Dude, I love it. Like I, I'm just I plan on documenting a lot out there of the meals. Why not? And you know, who knows where that leads. Exactly. So yeah. Uh and on that note, guys, we I felt like it was fitting going into American dirt. The the whole theme around that book was really perseverance, resilience, and what I gather from it, keeping things in perspective. When you and when you talk about like first world problems that we always have, when it's like financial things with the business, trying to get revenues up. Uh, it, It puts things in perspective when you're comparing that to somebody running for their lives from a cartel in Mexico, trying to have a life for their one kid that survived a massacre.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Dude, so, I feel like before, I don't know if it's up to you how you want to do this, but we normally do the news, which I honestly didn't even really look into that much, but I feel like we should read, if you want to read it right now, the email that dad forwarded to us about the coronavirus. Well, yeah,
1: we're uh, going to do f- your food news and Corey's food for thought for sure. That Go sure. for it. I wanted to just introduce that. Warren, I wasn't sure if you were just going to go into the book. No, 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 not at all. Go, Yeah. Dive into the food news.
2: I'm just gonna all Well, all I have for the food news, because I'll admit I didn't really do my homework. I've been in just yeah, you know, moving mode. Uh, Doordash did file for IPO. Who knows when that'll happen? Weird timing, but and then the market that, tanked right afterwards. That well, they know Well, yeah, they kind of did it in the during it all. But all right, the coronavirus. So I personally have mixed feelings on this. I'm starting to think it's like actually legit and like something that could be a, a real thing and there's just been a lot of people coming out kind of saying that this is no joke but anyway my dad just forwarded us this email I'm going to just read it so this is a message from a virologist at UC San Diego a doctor who advises doctors regarding the coronavirus dear colleagues as some of you may recall when I was a professor at pathology at University of California San Diego I was one of the first Molecular virologists in the world to work on coronaviruses in the 1970s. I was the first to demonstrate the number of genes the virus contained. Since then, I've kept up with the coronavirus field and its multiple clinical transfers into the human population, SARS, MERS, etc., from different animal sources. The current projections for its expansion in the U.S. are only probable due to continued insufficient worldwide data, but it is most likely to be widespread in the U.S. by Mid to late March and April Here's what I have done And the precautions that I take And will take These are the same precautions I currently use During our influenza seasons Except for the mask and gloves Number one no handshaking. Use a fist bump, slight bow, elbow bump, etc. Number two, use only your knuckles to touch light switches, elevator buttons, etc. Lift the gasoline dispenser with a paper towel or use a disposable glove. Number three, open doors with your closed fist or hip. Do not grasp the handle in your hand unless there is no way to open the door, especially important on bathroom and post office slash commercial doors. Number four, use disinfectant wipes at the store when they are available, including wiping the handle and child seat in the grocery cart. Number five, wash your hands with soap for 10 to 20 seconds and or use a greater than 60% alcohol-based hand sanitizer whenever you return home from any activity that involves location where other people have been number 6 keep a bottle of sanitizer available at each of your homes entrances and in your car for use after getting gas or touching other contaminated objects that you don't that when you can't immediately wash your hands the last one is if possible cough or sneeze into a disposable tissue and discard use, use your elbow only if you have to the clothing on your elbow will contain infectious virus that can then be passed on this is where it then gets Interesting. So then he says, what I have stocked in preparation for the pandemic spread in the US, number one, latex, disposable gloves for use when going shopping, using the gasoline pump and all other outside activities when you come in contact with the contaminated area. Note, this virus is spread in large droplets by coughing and sneezing. This means that the air will not infect you, but all the surfaces where these droplets land are infectious for about a week on average. Everything that is associated with infected people will be contaminated and potentially infectious. The virus on surfaces and you will not be infected unless your unprotected face is directly coughed or sneezed upon. This virus only has cell receptors for lung cells. The only way for the virus to infect you is through your nose or mouth, via your hands or an infected cough or sneeze onto or into your nose or mouth. Stock up now with disposable surgical masks and use them to prevent you from touching your nose and door mouth. We touch our nose and mouth 90 times a day without knowing it. This is the only way this virus can affect you. It is lung specific. The mask will not prevent the virus and a direct sneeze from getting into your nose or mouth. It is only to keep you from touching your nose or mouth. Stock up now with hand sanitizers and latex gloves. The hand sanitizers must be alcohol based. Stock up now, blah, blah, blah. And then this is his personal opinion. He goes, I, as many others do, hope that this pandemic will be reasonably contained but I personally do not think it will be humans have never seen the snake associated virus before and have no internal defense against it. Tremendous worldwide efforts are being made to understand the molecular and clinical virology of the virus. Unbelievable molecular knowledge about the genomic structure and freelance of the virus has already been achieved, but there will be no drugs or vaccines available this year to protect us or limit the infections within us. Only symptomatic support is available. I hope these personal thoughts will be helpful. Blah blah. blah. Sorry for all the words I probably mispronounced. I,
1: I, I think that guy is completely full of shit. Personally, I think he's exaggerating that, like a lot of doctors do.
2: Well, hold on. When you you say full of shit, all he said was an exact breakdown of like what the virus is. No, I more
1: mean his opinion on the whole thing. Like, I think it's a bit extreme personally. So the very last part. Yeah, that's my opinion. I could be wrong, but I, I don't see that being the case.
2: I also a few days ago heard, and again, like dad had an interesting take on this, but this kind of scared me a little. Is when Bill Gates came out and said that this virus has a lot of the same traits as like the once in a century virus that wipes out a ton of people, and I I, that kind of freaked me out a little. And then when I brought it up to dad, he was like, you know, you got to keep in mind that Bill Gates is an advocate for really bringing a lot of awareness to this type of thing, so he's going to obviously possibly fabricated a little bit just to bring more awareness to it. It just seems like a lot of people are saying like Jim Cramer says 60% of people will get this. Like, I think it's actually going to be all over the place.
0: I agree. I just think that, um, I mean, based on what everyone's saying, it's like, okay, if you're over 70 and, or if you're an infant or um, I think up to like seven or eight years old, and if you have previous illnesses, that's where it can actually kill you. And that's, the people who are dying from it are usually, you know, they meet that, uh, criteria, but everyone else, if you're normal or not normal, but if you're a healthy individual younger, like it's just like getting the cold, uh, getting on the flu.
2: Yeah. I mean, that sounds about right. Um, I think until they get a vaccine that actually starts carrying people, it's like we're in for, a clusterfuck with like the stock market, which just everything schools being shut down, like sporting events will start to get canceled. I mean, these I, things are definitely going to happen. My prediction
1: is we'll be hearing about a cure this month.
0: Yeah, actually now. I invested in a stock called Moderna, which is uh, MDRA, I think, or something like that. But, um, but they're, they're like one of the first ones who've are going to submit, um, you know, a vaccine for coronavirus, so I feel like you know it could be a good time to take advantage of some uh, medical stocks who are looking into this.
2: Yeah, because
1: someone will hit a grand slam with it. That's definitely a front runner too.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a race for the vaccine right now. It seems like there's a lot of people that are getting close to.
1: I also think, as we know, as you get older and mature, you hear like with the the market, the narrative it changes very quickly. It went from very peachy a few weeks ago to now, it's like oh shit. And then all of a sudden, let's see what happens in a week or two when something pops up and everyone's like, oh, this is getting contained. You know, I I just think we're going to see a narrative shift at some point because there's already been enough panic. And, you know, this is when I, I expect to see things shifting or else it will get to another level of a problematic. If we start having stadiums emptying out and we're already seeing restaurants going out of business in Queens and Chinatown hurting yeah, badly. Pretty yeah. Pretty yeah, so, yeah, exactly. So that's definitely a problem because that's a domino effect. If that continues to it's already been an impact.
2: And that's yeah. probably not just, you know, Chinese restaurants in New York, it's probably Chinese restaurants all over the country or oh, I mean the world, all over it's the world. Actually-
0: probably way worse outside of New York. You just hear about it because it is New York, but anywhere yeah. down South, I bet Chinese restaurants are literally have not done any sales.
1: I'm going right to Chinatown when I get in. That's one of my first stops. Uh, no, but yeah, yeah.
2: You're, yeah, you're dead on Corey. That's such a good point. I mean, there's no doubt though that you know I like Nvidia just decided to make their conference an online conference like there's all these major conferences that are getting canceled that's the beginning of schools have been shut down. I mean it seems like but to me if they're so sure that it's going to spread everywhere what is the point of shutting all these things down It's almost like to when we to all contain have- this the spread of it, yeah, but if they're saying that no matter what, you know, it's going to be widespread to the point where 60, 70% of people are going to get it, like that's just causing freak out as opposed to uh, like okay, if everyone's going to get it, let's just live our normal lives knowing like, Hey, you're probably going to get this. This is what you do when you get it. It's all good. When you start closing down schools, stadiums, canceling conferences, that's when people freak out. Like I'll admit I'm on the fence of being a little scared. Uh, I can't decide whether I look at this as something that is completely being overplayed or something that I've actually been underestimating. And the people that are like starting to bring more light to it, I'm like, wait a minute, maybe I've been like, you know, not taking this thing serious. And maybe it's actually like something that's really legit.
1: I think Corey hit it on the head. This is, it's a, first of all, in my opinion, this is a population control game. And you're seeing people that are sick that are going to die from getting this that would have already died after a few years of healthcare. And the reality is that's, that's really, it's as fucked up as it sounds. Things like this are a way to get rid of the sick.
2: So wait, hold on a second. Well, the First off, like that does kind of sound fucked up. You got to go into when you say that you agree with Corey and it's a population control. No, thing. I'm
1: not saying Corey didn't say anything about the population control. He was highlighting the people that are over 70 or infants, like people that already have a likelihood to a disease of some kind. This is going to hit. Like I, I look at this as fucked up as it sounds. My opinion on this is – this is definitely something that has a political agenda behind it with Trump, and I'm not saying it. Was, there was a creation to get him out of office. Like the, I don't think this virus is fake by any means, but I do think the brevity of it is being beyond overblown by the media that is biased.
2: All right, but you're saying no. two different things here because on one end you're saying it's a population control issue, essentially. Well, no, it's not, it's not a
1: population control issue. I think. I do mean. It, I don't right. mean. I, I don't think mean it kills two birds with one stone.
2: Yeah, I don't mean issue. I mean, on one end you're saying it's for population control and it's going to kill old people and young people and little babies. But then you just said that you also think it's to get Trump out of office. I, I think like
1: it. I, I, yes, exactly. Exactly. I think it's a two fold, kill two birds with one stone. And at the end of the day, Dan, you also highlighted there was something in that trade agreement for China. If something happened with a, something like this, they'd be able to retract a lot of things that benefited Trump. So when you really do the math- Well, no, it
2: benefited China, not Trump.
1: Be- benefited China. No, I mean, what did benefit Trump that was already signed that they could get out of if something yeah. like this happened.
2: So uh, yeah,
1: I, I personally think the timing on this is very strange. And I'm not saying this is some conspiracy. I think the virus is real. How it started, I don't know. I really don't buy that, you know, sure, it could have started in bat soup in some Chinese market. How did it get there? Was that bat infected blatantly? I don't know. It's food for thought, that's for sure. And I think it gets a lot of people changing their thoughts. Like, you know, our dad said it best last night. People vote if things are going well in the economy, naturally, people just want status quo. But if shit's hitting the fan, people lose rationale. They start thinking much differently. So you have to wonder if there's a couple things going on here.
2: I mean, there would be a lot of motive for this to be some sort of major conspiracy. I will say that. I mean, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Just, it's,
1: it's interesting how this huge once in a generation virus is popping up a few months before the election. You know, we always uh, there's ever it seems like there's always something that has been the rhetoric the rhetoric for uh, Trump, <laughs> as much as I hate to say it, and I'm not saying this is some conspiracy theory. It's just something to throw out there that the timing on what's happened in his presidency—it's been one thing after another.
0: It has, but if he if he handles this really well, which he's—I think he's been doing a pretty good job, actually, of, of handling the situation. How else could he handle it? Honestly, like, what is he supposed to do? It cracks me up when people criticize it because
1: it's like, what are what are you really doing, even bringing politics well, into that, right?
0: No, yeah, it's not politics, but like for instance, so uh, a flight from Italy came into Newark yesterday and that's where one of the huge outbreaks is and they didn't even do anything. Like there is no, like usually a lot of these airports are checking people as soon as they come in from either Italy, South Korea, China, wherever, and um, they didn't do anything. So like that's something I feel like every airport should be doing right now to eliminate the spread.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like
0: I'm flying tomorrow to, to New York, and
1: you know, I don't. I honestly don't even have like a faint sense of worry here. And maybe I'm being ignorant, but I, I, I just don't think that this is that serious for people that are healthy.
0: Yeah, I mean, I just f- flew last week from like all over the place and back to New York, and um, <laughs> yeah, I didn't even have a slight concern to be honest. So wash your hands, folks, and don't I get too notice- scared yeah always wash your hands and I did notice literally i I'd honestly say that forty percent of the plane which is a lot had the masks on
1: and wow. what's interesting with that Corey, uh, Bob was highlighting last night it it supposedly doesn't even help
0: the certain person. ones the, the regular yeah. ones don't help but the they have like higher end ones that do help but do they help just other people not getting sick
1: or do they actually help the individual wearing them the individual they do. Cause that was something I was confused about last night, Dan, at dinner. Dad kept bringing up that it doesn't help the person that's wearing it. He's, that he's,
0: right, he's right about the generic ones, but like there's higher end ones with like thicker, I don't know what they're made of, but whatever the material is, it's a thicker material and that keeps the person uh, a lot more safe than the other one.
1: But is this kind of like a situation like a knee brace where you rely on it too much and then you end up getting a knee injury? Like do you think these things like should
0: I start rocking one of these on flights? Yeah, I mean, I didn't wear one, but I if I I couldn't even find one. They're like sold out everywhere. But if I if I found a good one, it's like well there's no harm in wearing it.
1: Maybe we should when start I like- building those out. I mean, this should be a fad anyway. When you think about it, like the what if factor after this even goes away, it's like, guys, you never know when the next Coronavirus is coming.
0: So I mean, we should start licensing like some like sports logos and putting them on the face. <laughs> I love that.
2: So when I was in China, like that's big there. People obviously everyone rocks that shit, but some people rock like really cool ones.
1: Yeah. Could be a cool business to get into because when when you think about it, the startup cost and that would probably be dirt cheap. You come up with like a clever campaign and you you know, it's an easy grassroots marketing
0: effort, especially post corona or during the corona it actually reminds me i did just see um this clip on instagram that kind of went viral there was um, a pack of 12 or 24 like hand sanitizers that was selling for 750 dollars because like people are selling out like crazy in hand sanitizer
2: wow that is wild that's when you got to like put a price on the sickness. Like, I don't know if I'd pay 750 bucks to avoid just dealing with the coronavirus for a week. You know what I mean? <laughs> Get wow. out of here. Policy, Dan. I don't know. I'm not saying that that's my number, but at some point there's a number where I'm like, yeah, that's not worth it. Like, let me just, well, let me see what happens. What cracks
1: me up with this whole thing. It's like, I was talking to my Lyft driver about today. It's like one of those things. Well, if, it, if it's that bad, we're all fucked. Like, <laughs> like it's not. It's like one of. That's why I look at this as: is it really doomsday? I highly doubt it. But if this is as bad as people are talking about, oh well. Well, no. Yeah,
0: I would just want to know. So, like, if it's doomsday, I just want to know so I can do every drug Fuck around. Yeah, really go horrorcorey for a while. Yeah. yeah.
1: Oh, a hundred percent. If we find out like the planet's ending in November, are you? That
2: would, that would change our outlooks on things. Oh, big time. <laughs> yeah.
1: Young man would be completely looking into the world differently.
2: He would he would want to fuck everything that walks.
1: Yeah, he'd go back <laughs> to his pre-nut days. Hey, I see him right now.
2: Yeah. <laughs> man, in
1: the background. It's funny. You see yeah. his, like, ears.
2: Miles, what's up, pal? Yep, there
0: yep, he is.
1: Man. What's up, buddy? <laughs> Welcome to the pod. Mr. Jayhawk.
0: Yep, so, Jay. I don't know if you guys have Google Docs pulled up that Mike said – But I put, so right now, food for thought, we're going to do a live draft of your favorite cereals. I put a list of 15, and we're going to each pick three cereals one by one. I love this. Yeah, you're going to form your best three cereal team. It doesn't matter who goes first. I guess Dan, you can go first, then Mike, then me. And um, just three, there's 15 cereals, I believe, and you can pick three of them, but one by one.
2: And I go first? Oh man. All right. I'm looking at I'm looking at the list right now. Um, you got a good think, list here. You definitely I don't, right.
0: Honestly, it was very hard. Like this was this crazy. is
2: dude, this is brutal to have to go first. I right. almost like well, all can right, pass well,
0: it off, I guess.
2: Oh damn, I need a new battery.
1: My battery just died on the camera.
2: So I guess here's the biggest question that I have for this contest. Are we going off of like nutrition or just like If I was really high and wanted to eat cereal, which ones am I going after?
0: I think uh, both. Like maybe your favorite go-to cereal is like a Special K, but if you are really high and you're not worried about eating sugar right now, like I feel like everyone would go for a cinnamon toast crunch or a frosted. I feel
2: like Corey. I feel like you should read off the list for the listeners
0: absolutely all right so we're gonna choose between there's an options for all of us there's about 15 cereals we got cinnamon toast crunch frosted mini wheats which i think are super underrated one of my favorite ones honey nut cheerios fruit loops corn pops also underrated honey bunches of oats cheerios um tricks wheaties kicks captain crunch special k frosted flakes lucky charms Raisin Bran, Apple Jacks, and Oreo O's. So I mean, you really can't go wrong with any of them, but I think we should draft our teams and then vote which person has the best power team.
2: All right, well, I'm going to go first because you already said that. And I'm going to choose the cereal that I think I could actually eat twice a day for a year without really feeling any ramifications. And I'm going with Corn Pops. Good pick. Thank you. So I'm going to just write down Corn Pops here because that's my team for you. It is
1: now on you, Mike. Wow, this is a tough one. You know what? I am going with a cereal that I I personally think flies way too under the radar. The current Mike Roland doesn't dabble in it, but the kid Mike Roland, Apple Jacks.
2: That, that was going to be my other first one. So that, yeah. that, I got I wouldn't even say that flies under the radar. I think it does.
1: I don't think it gets enough respect in the sugar cereal kingdom at all. I think it's a great one. one. Yeah, it's a sleeper.
2: I will have to say when it comes to Applejacks, what pissed me off with them is at some point I couldn't find just like the pinkish ones. It was always the pink and green. It's like they started that like 13 years ago. It was cool. People like the pink and green. And then now you can't get just the pink. And I, I don't like the green. So uh, you know.
1: I mean, they taste the exact same. It's it's a mental thing. Unbelievable. Well, that's yep. why, Dan, you don't have Apple Jacks on your team.
2: That's true. Corey? Corey.
0: So I'm going to go with um, one that I can eat pretty much. This was one of my favorite cereals growing up, and it's just consistent. It's not too unhealthy, and you can pretty much dabble in it whenever, and it's Honey Nut Cheerios. Uh, that's yeah. a, that's it's a classic. classic. Yeah, that's like
2: such a boring pick. You already lost. It, it, no, but it's a yeah, boring uh, pick that points.
0: I have a strategy here because you need that one cereal that you can eat every day, and I feel like that's one of that's the, like if I want Cheerios, that like that's boring.
2: All right, no, you're right. I'll so give you Corey,
0: that. do you go back to back here?
2: I like. I do that you go back to back? Yeah, you do. Know. I like how All we're right, making so up the rules on the fly here.
0: <laughs> so it's like a standard snake draft, I guess. So I'm going to go with uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch because that's totally my get high cereal.
2: You don't even need to justify that pick. It's an obvious pick. Yeah.
0: Obvious.
1: I, I mean, I'm obviously here going with Wheaties because it's the breakfast of champions. And are you shitting me? Like that's not something you can pass up in the second round of anything. If so, anything, that should have been the first pick of the draft.
2: Like, I think that's like the dead last cereal on this. List.
1: No, you're <laughs> wrong. It's, it's symbolic. Think about what Wheaties stands for. Way more than these other things. They, they did a great, great job. For, uh,
2: yeah, well, for, exactly, Corey. You put it on for that reason, which they is they did a good job with their marketing campaign. You take all like the pro athletes off the boxes. I mean, and but man, hell, isn't isn't
1: that everything with cereal marketing?
2: Well, think I'll tell you what. Ones. My next pick is my all-time favorite cereal, and that's Captain Crunch. They should call it Captain Cavities. <laughs> I've never had a cavity in my life. Oh, wait. I think I actually have. Wait, now I'm confused. Have I had a cavity? I think I might have had one like two years ago. You know what Does Dan go twice here? Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, this is my last pick then. Um, I, Well, I'm going to take Lucky Charms too. Wow, I just have such a dominant lineup here. This is ridiculous. I
1: mean, it to who you talk to.
2: I, I'm talking to myself. Like, I'm just imagining how I would feel if I saw those three boxes of cereal above my fridge every day.
1: I you where I have to go now is my next cereal pick is Kix because it's been an all time favorite of mine.
2: And it's the thing I still eat. Yeah, Kix. Is is your favorite color gray? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Wheaties? Wheaties, Wheaties Colorblind?
1: Kix isn't gray.
2: No, but Wheaties and Kicks, it's just like two dull ass. And Apple
1: Jacks? No, I think that Corey made a great point. A cereal you can eat every day. When you look at my combo, it's the best. You have Apple Jacks, Wheaties, and Kicks. You can combine that in a smorgasbord and deal with it. Great. And and it's not overbearing. Any of them are not overbearing.
2: Wheaties and Kicks are both a daily cereal that are Yeah, and then
1: you add in the uh, They're not generic at all, Dan. Wheaties are the breakfast of champions. And Kicks, come on.
2: I actually do like cakes. Yeah, who doesn't
1: oh, like cakes? Kicks? kicks are phenomenal.
2: They are. They're, they are. They're amazing.
1: Kid tested, mother approved. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm I'm, the, I'm deciding between three right now, and it's tough. Corey's definitely go, thinking
2: about tricks.
0: I was thinking about tricks was one of them. Oreo O's or Frosted Mini Wheats. I'm gonna go.
2: What? Oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm
0: I'm going with uh, with Frosted Flakes. Wow, I
2: Thank God. I was about to say, how is Frosted Flakes not going to make gonna the say, list?
1: What happened to Froot Loops? They fell off the cliff here. That's pretty uh, cool. uh, I'm not a fan either, personally, but they've always gotten a lot of hype. I feel like they're that draft pick that ends up pulling up lame with a lot of injuries. But, you know, <laughs>
2: they're definitely like that wild card draft pick that like, you know, had criminal history back in but college. But also
0: turn into a DK Metcalf.
1: So, you know, you don't know what you're getting with Froot Loops.
0: So this is what I say yeah. we do. I say we all have our teams now. Uh, tomorrow we put a poll on Instagram, um, you know, what three cereals, figure it out that way and have some of our oh, friends and, and uh, yeah, followers choose. I love that.
2: Yeah. And,
1: Corey, we're going to – Dan, I'm going to get together with Corey Wednesday, but we should also – we'll pinpoint getting that Facebook event I'm going to set up for us this week for the March Madness bracket. Okay. Cool. So. cool. We could dive into that and and you know make a lot of fun with that
2: for sure. Nice yeah, food I'm for thought, Corey. Starving. Yeah, that was odd. that was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, there's something about road trips that work up an appetite like crazy, dude. I'm so hungry right now. Well, let's dive into this uh, book so you guys could crush food. I gotta get food myself here. Uh, so basically, guys, and we could talk about our business with this too. You know, we're at a, a big point right now where we're evolving our business, figuring out new ways of Building revenue and persevering through rough times. And in saying that, I I think when you really think about our lives, it's first world problems in the scheme of things. Like everyone has their own battles, obviously. But I, I think it's easy to keep things in perspective and why it's important to read books like we read this week, American Dirt, is because there are much bigger problems out there that are like, Li- life on the line problems for people every day, and obviously our livelihoods we battle every day. But it's not a life or death, literally. Like imagine that being your wake up, where it's like, oh, is the cartel going to show up here? Yeah, seriously. So I wanted to just start with that, like what you guys kind of, if you gained anything from that, compared to like what we're going through with our business, kind of just you know thinking about the difference.
2: Go for it.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, more than anything, it's just uh perseverance and just constantly, you know, uh, this seems like a, it's a common theme in a lot of books we read, but when your back's against the wall, you do whatever it is you have to do to move on and keep doing it. So right now for, for us, if our cash flow isn't where we want it to be, we need to adapt and do a different thing. You know, in the book, it was just battle after battle how to make it to the united states from you know get escaping cartel and you know for in a business it's it's just obviously not similar like that but it's you know we're always thrown something or something our way is always being thrown at us and we have to figure out you know what we want to do to get over that hurdle and get to where we need to be yeah. I
2: mean, there's no doubt it puts things in perspective. What's crazy is when you think about how certain countries like violence becomes so normal. That's what I was thinking about. You Especially know what I mean?
1: Mexico like, with what's happened there, like, you yeah. know, on another well, Me- level.
2: Mexico is close to home, so we definitely feel it. I feel like there's probably a lot of countries all over the world that have had their moments and have had things that are similar to Mexico. Now, I mean, we do hear about it. Oh, Mexico,
1: genocides in Africa. I mean, that happens more than we even realize.
2: It absolutely and like things in the Middle East and things like that. And Mexico, we hear about because it's so ongoing and it's close to home, and we all go there all the time. But that's what's crazy—is how normal violence and crime is in those places. Where, like, I, I was just thinking, like, if something like that were to happen in really any anywhere in our country, outside of like you know ghettos and things like that, like if something like that were to happen in Boulder, Colorado, I mean, could you imagine like some reporter who just says something wrong, and their whole entire house gets shot up, like families, everything? It, it's yeah, so puts our problems definitely into perspective when you just think about, you know, we could lose our business and go work for a damn farmer making eight bucks an hour eating milk and meat every day. And you're still like alive and you're not worrying about gang violence or being shot up. It's just like life could be really simple when you think about dying. That's really what it boils down to.
1: Big time. That, that's really what I gathered from it too. It, it keeps things like, light when it comes to business problems, because any of these people would have been in a heartbeat, happy to take our boat.
2: Oh, man. <laughs> when you the car, yeah.
1: They'd be like, excuse me.
2: <laughs> like, well, yeah, uh, yes, please. Yeah. And like you said, it's the whole first world versus third world. Like people are always like, Oh, those are like rich man problems or like white man problems or whatever. But at the end of the day, that is what most of the problems are. Unless, you know, like health related, like Corey, you obviously had some scary shit go down with you like that, or those are problems that put things in perspective though. It's like all of a sudden, like what else really matters other than just being alive and being healthy? You know, like at that point, that's kind of how I look at that.
0: Definitely. And also it just kind of hit close to home in terms of we, obviously we all lived in Denver. You guys are just moving out, but I mean, between a ton of restaurant owners, um, you know, some of my girlfriend's friends, they've been in that exact situation where they escaped when they were little and they ended up coming to Denver. Um, but restaurant owners used to tell me this all the time and, you know, about their stories, but, uh, also one of my girlfriend's best friends had a very similar story to what happens in the book. And, um, yeah, I, I, it's just pretty crazy how it's so commonplace in a place where Denver, where there's a big Latina population, Mexican population and that's pretty much how a lot of Mexicans arrived in not only Denver, but Arizona and California. And it's just pretty nuts. It is. It's pretty commonplace.
1: Yeah, that was a pretty powerful book. And obviously, to summarize it, I mean, we pretty much did. It's really it's a consistent story of a, a woman and her son on the run from a massive drug cartel boss that had heavy influence all over Mexico. And- you know, she was running for her life. Her husband was a reporter that did this huge story on this guy named Javier that ironically she had a fling with without knowing he was the the guy that had drug cartel that ended up massacring her husband and most of her family at a, a birthday party they were having at the house. And it obviously traumatized her, but the entire story is in her head where she's on this journey protecting her son, protecting these two girls that they met along the way. And it w- yeah, it was definitely empowering, deep book, and uh, makes you really be like, oh, let's not sweat the small stuff here. And it yeah. shows that the power of what someone can do when they put their mind to it. When you see what she was capable of doing, I think we could figure out how to do what we're doing.
0: Yeah. It, it was definitely good character development in the book as well. And then I don't know if you guys saw like what actually happened out like with the actual author, how she was getting a lot of shit because she is just a um a Caucasian American. I who, saw that for decade. Yeah, obviously a journalist, but you know, a lot of Mexican Americans and Mexicans did not agree with this book um and did not feel great about a white person writing this book. So it was supposed to be like one of the biggest books. I mean, I think there was a book, st- Flatiron bookstore bought like 550,000 copies before it was actually released. And then it started getting a lot of criticism for that. And, and it,
1: um, it definitely helped to get it out there though. That's for sure. That thing has it like, been selling yeah. like hotcakes.
0: I mean, no, no I bad say, publicity.
2: Right. Yeah. I mean, when I bought it on my Kindle, the first thing I saw was like an Oprah, like Oprah Winfrey. That's part (laughs) of her book series.
0: That's kind of what happened. Oprah put it in her book club and then people started lashing out, you know, saying like, this Uh, is not fair for her to write this.
1: It's just wild how many people these days, I mean, that's just the norm, you know, no matter what you put something out there, you have a platform, there's going to be people that lash out. And for their own reasons, not necessarily bad ones, sometimes terrible ones, but that that's the world we're in. Yeah,
0: yeah I mean it
2: really wouldn't people... Go ahead then. No, I was just going to say most of the people who lash out have such deep insecurities and like at some point the lashing out's going to come back to them and they so won't be able to deal with it all. Like these people that hide behind these computer screens and lash out. Like when you think about it these people aren't like there's no human to human connection when you're able to hide behind a computer screen. So like, for example, like the food video reviews that you're doing, it's not like, it's not like if these people were sitting in a room with you, they would want to make you feel bad as a person because they would feel that, you know, that warmth of having a human body in the same room as them. And they'd be like, just being a person, you Unless don't want Unless they're
1: a them. sociopath, which you well, never know a yeah. couple of these people- like well, when you well, see so someone, oh, next time I see this guy, I'm going to fight him. It's like, dude, what's really going on with you?
2: No, but that's what I'm saying, dude. That's a that's a person that's got deep issues that I, I think would never say that to somebody in their face. Of course not. And, and is able to live behind a screen. And if they were ever in a position where they did meet you, they would have nothing but nice things to say because – people don't actually realize that when they're behind a screen, they could still have some sort of impact on people's feelings. And they almost want that. It's like a game to them. They want to see if they could like trigger some emotion out of somebody because it seems fun when you're able to hide behind a screen. Well, because when- they're not creating.
1: They're, uh, we always talk about when there's create, there's hate. Because the hate is coming from someone that can't even think like that. So it's they're also, just envious of someone putting themselves out there.
2: It's also really it's also really easy to hate When there's no actual human connection, because you're not looking at that person that you're hating on as like a human being with a heart, with a soul, someone that like could get upset. You're just looking at them as like a figure that you could lash out on because of the Internet. And that's where, you know,
1: I look at it as someone that's looking for a purpose. Anyone that's like a troll online, it's like they are seeking some sort of filler where it's like I need to find something.
0: Yeah. And in our case, I feel like they see that these are sponsored posts and they're like trying to be funny. And they're like, oh, this will reach a lot of people if I make a funny comment. Like, well, I'll get a bunch of likes on this and comment. A bunch of
1: them like, are just not witty. It's like, guys, at least like, be funny here. You know? Yeah, it's Such a good point, Corey. People. You're no. spot on, Corey.
0: Like, the people P- trying P- to get out.
1: Yeah, you're right. And that, that one guy was clever with the, like, let the Walmart Pete Davidson be. Or something like, oh, that was hysterical to me. <laughs> like, yeah, there's ways to be
0: funny with it. Yeah. Like, just, well, oh, yeah. like, it's like, at least funny be witty.
1: I have no problem with
2: haters, but at least be funny, folks. Come on.
1: Yeah. Like, when you're going to troll, troll right. Troll good.
2: Corey, I never even thought about it like that. That's why I thought, like, people don't comment on the Instagram ones that we put. They only comment on the ones that are ads. Corey, right. they, they want yeah. to get
1: themselves out there, which is why I think it'll be cool having a lot of different people on our podcast because – who doesn't want to hear themselves and market themselves? So it's like, oh, I was that on- That
0: would be really funny if we get one of these trolls on our podcast.
2: That would be funny. I doubt they would do it. That that, that would be very tough for a troll. No, because we destroy them and they would literally, like, that's their biggest nightmare is actually having to be confronted in real life with the trolling. Yeah. then would, <laughs> we would just be like, dude, so, like, what the fuck's wrong with you? Like, you're sitting here, this guy's trying to, like- make his business grow, figure out a way to stand out from all well, these He passions, He's right? helping it though, Dan. Like that's the beauty no, of That I, guy is helping. No, no, I get him that. Him but um, But imagine if he was actually on our podcast and we like really called him out. We're like, dude, you realize that like – we're up against these huge companies and we're getting our asses kicked. And like, this is our way of separating ourselves. Like wh- like your comments, like what the fuck, man? Like that really hurts. Like we're trying our best here. He would feel like such a piece of shit, like to the point where you'd have to get therapy. And that's where these people, like they don't want to like actually realize that their comments might actually impact someone. Like Corey said, they just want to like get people riled up. Well, if they are spot on.
1: Cause it's what other way do they have? They'd rather be notorious than not known at all. So, you know, when you think about it, they just want any type of recognition. It's like that troublemaker kid that's just
2: trying to get attention. For sure. It would be funny to bring one of them on, but it would be like, I would feel bad because I know that like the person that we would bring on... Emotionally, it is already so fucked up that we would like probably be not even if we were mean, but just we would probably just have like a candid conversation with them that would make them realize what a piece of shit they are. And then they would be like, wow, like uh, what is wrong with me as a human being? And you know what I mean? Because we would
0: be really nice about it, but we would be just honest and and yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, because all of a sudden they'd be like, oh man, these are like human beings. But I think like. You, you
1: see it with anything, like, and that shows we're starting to get somewhere. At first, there's not really comments. Then you have hating comments. Then you have also some, we've started it getting some positive comments too. So, you know, I think that shows, like, even you heard Jeremy with Brunch Boy saying, like, that's when you're building. When thing, people are leaving comments on something you've done, you're doing something right.
0: For
1: sure.
0: Yeah. He, the, that person just watched the video at exactly.
1: the end of the time. <laughs> This one guy that comments on every single one. It's like, buddy, you spent your whole weekend watching me on camera. So what's really going on here?
2: That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, Yeah,
0: Commenting at 930 on a Saturday. Yeah. It's like, (laughs) like,
1: come on, go get a dog at least. Come on. Uh, But yeah, this is my last night in Denver. Next week, I will be broadcasting in New York, Corey Stomping Grounds.
0: Oh, so we'll all be on East Coast time. We will. That's going to be incredible.
1: And that's that's something we have to ask ourselves. Do we want to keep the time the same?
2: I don't think so. If Corey, if you're down to move the time up to oh, yeah. five, How, yeah. Corey probably, I mean, yeah. I would do this I think whatever. seven – I think seven's like kind of late. Like I'm, like, I'm saying that. Well, you've had to do it this whole time. But, you
0: know. <laughs> but I'm actually talking because uh, I spoke to Jeff, and he was like, dude, I'm up to like 3 a.m. every Monday night, <laughs> like editing this podcast so I can put it out on Tuesday. So yeah. I
1: don't know. If that's good. what happens is Jeff will be waking up at one in the morning after a long nap, and then he'll <laughs> do a couple hours of podcasting and send it to me at three a.m. Like, check it out, dude.
2: Jeff's moving to Vegas, guys. Jeff is, is moving. Actually, to Vegas. that's awesome.
1: World Series wow. bracelet hopeful twenty twenty. I could see it. Yeah, Corey, I could too. The question is, will any of us be out there? That is a question. I'm definitely due for a Vegas trip. Corey, really if you go, out, if you're down to go out for that, I'm definitely coming this year.
2: You, you, have, you definitely have like the look of someone that, like, I would not want to get into a big hand or with. Corey a, a look person. of a guy that
1: goes to a World Series tournament. That's you definitely
2: you have a look of a guy that, like, anyone that's not an actual poker player that's just there, like, trying to figure it out, is yeah. going to look at you and be like, "Damn, like, I don't want to, I don't want to get into a hand with this guy." Like he's gonna, like physically, right. he's gonna like, he's gonna physically beat me up somehow through a poker <laughs> hand. Like that. I love
1: it. I,
0: I, I wish that was the case.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, that could be some, a fun thing to do with the team. And uh, Corey, I'll be seeing you in a couple of days. And is the rollinggroup.com live?
2: I'm meant to check it out because I know Anthony made a couple it, of changes. It's about to be, if not within probably about a day. Well, no, not at all, because they're still... Nice, he made the... I mean, it looks almost finished. Oh, wow, check it out. It looks way better now. But it's not live in the sense that there still needs to be, like, actual content when you click things. You know what I uh, mean? We
1: should be able to really start the outreach, you would think, next week.
2: Dude, I literally just need, like, eight hours to send Anthony a bunch of shit to finish this website, which will happen this week. I mean, are you guys looking at the website right now?
0: Yeah, I just pulled
2: it up. Looks good. What do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, the thing... The things that need to be obviously fixed are when you click our story. Yeah, that actually needs to be a page with a bunch of shit. When you click inspiration, it needs to have like, but I already have this stuff for it. It's just I gotta get settled and get it sent to Anthony. It's tough but yeah, getting there. It is. It looks cool how when you scroll over the different. Anthony actually made this look pretty sick in my opinion. Like the email business animated advanced part, like that's sick. And when you yeah. scroll your uh, mouse over it, it kind of like pops out. Looks that
1: like is cool. He did a good job with this. I
2: I'm mean, looks great. Yeah,
1: yeah I like
3: it. Meet Mike and Dan, the Roland brothers. Together, they've empowered their food delivery app business for 14 years. What started as a guerrilla grassroots marketing campaign grew into an innovative, far-reaching business with customers flowing in. Then everything stopped. The rules had changed, and the Roland brothers needed to adapt to evolve. So, overnight, the two crafted and planned, executing thousands of dollars on TV ads, bus wraps, and billboards. But even with massive promotion, customers were nowhere to be seen. Traditional advertising was a no-go. That's when it clicked. Mike and Dan didn't want to chase their customers, they wanted to connect with them. So, still effortlessly creative and determined, the Roland Brothers started making hilarious videos aimed at growing their business through humor and high-level engagement. It worked like magic, and customers came flooding back in. In fact, Mike and Dan were so good at it, other companies started to take notice. And before long, the Roland Brothers had a new business in digital marketing. So, if you want to grow your reach and audience, there's never been a better opportunity to collaborate on high engagement videos. The Roland Brothers do it best. Let's collaborate.
0: Quick food fact to uh, end this. It takes 10 pounds of milk to make one pound of cheese.
3: Wow.
1: Got milk? Wow. I love cheese.
0: Just saw that, figure out, share it.
1: I cannot wait for
2: a slice of New York pizza.
0: Yeah, Ruby Rose and John's. Oh, man.
2: I fucking want to slice of New York pizza right now so bad, and I'm in St. Louis, and it's not going to happen. St. Louis. Not St. Louis, Kansas City, Kansas City. Oh, I was going to say. I'm
0: kind of yeah. jealous about the barbecue, Dan, because I could go for dude, some dude, good I'm, barbecue right now.
2: I'm pumped. I'm like, like, my brain's scattered right now. Like, do I shower first? Do I take Miles with me? I think you I just take Miles
0: can- with you and shower first, and just go to. Town. You, what time is it there? Are you one hour behind?
2: I think it's seven o'clock here.
0: Yeah. Okay. One hour behind.
2: So. So yeah, so I think time. I'm gonna. Call the barbecue in and pick it up and bring it back to the hotel room and eat it in my bed like a fat kid while watching TV. Is John dad going to get out of any? Maybe. Yeah, you got
0: to give him a little piece
1: of barbecue for this road trip he's been on. No, you're right.
2: You're right. Yeah.
0: You have a good night ahead of you, Dan. I'm pretty jealous.
1: <laughs> I really do. I'm yeah. pumped. To, this is my last night eating Colorado food for a while. It's exciting. You know, Colorado food's just not, there's just not anything that exciting. It's like I, I've just never been enamored by anything specific with the cuisine here.
0: Uh, you know what I really miss? I miss uh, – was it Vert Kitchen? That steak sandwich? Oh, that
1: yeah. That is phenomenal.
0: Yeah, I really miss that. And also the uh, – that obviously, there's a ton of great Italian places around here, but Curtis Park Deli was one of my go-to. Dan's go-to.
2: Dude, I love Curtis Park Deli. Curtis Park and Rosenberg's are two of my go-to's. Also, yeah. though, the milk market – Which see, New York, Dan, when oh man, I can't wait to get some damn Italian
1: sandwiches again. The milk market's great for Denver,
2: it is. Well, no, I was gonna say they have a good turkey sub there, but no, man, I'm totally with you. I mean, none of this compares to like a dominant chicken cutlet. Oh man, yeah, I cannot wait to get a chicken cutlet in Little Italy, Corey. Boom.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. It yeah, yeah. sounds
2: amazing right <laughs> now. I know. Uh, I know. It really, really does. I'm just so hungry. Anything sounds amazingly. Like, let's wrap this shit up. All
1: right, yeah, all right. That was a good one. We'll all uh, be on the East Coast next week.
0: Have a good night. Bootstrapped in the trenches, yeah. making moves, going all out. Every day handle business, you know that the hustle don't stop, got my team, let's get it, reviewing books and talk stocks, steady keep it moving, so you gon' wanna tune in, get low down, it's an app, get local food on demand, delivery right to your home, everything in the palm of your hand, took hard work and dedication, come through, join the conversation, this is history
3: up in the making, we just wanna be an inspiration, Hey, let's go.